Welcome to the Outer Indies Podcast for the week of September 7th, 2018. I'm your host, Ashley Will Banks, and with me, as always, is the co-host of the show, Austin Delray Gordy. Howdy, folks. Wow, that was great. That was great, Austin. Totally wonderful. I just wanted to uh, start high energy, you know. Yeah, well, you did. Great. You did. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to like jump in the air and get this thing rolling. <laughs> uh, so, this is our Dragon Con recap show. Uh, Austin and I had the privilege of going to Dragon Con in the great big city of Atlanta, Georgia, last weekend. Austin, of course, had comp tickets. Because he works at Outer Rim News. Um, <laughs> yeah, about that. Hmm. I didn't get comp tickets this time. What in the even, world? Even after applying. Whew. Yeah, I wonder how that works. You can't works. sleep on that, man. You just can't be sleeping on it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, wow. That just sucks. Yeah, but, it was actually fun, man. This is this was a good year. Um, I mean, I had a little bit of a downer it's at times because just i felt like i was old but other than that i'm I'm, it was real fun why do you feel like you're old i don't know you know i've been going there since 2007 so this is you know over 10 years now and you you see all the fandom kind of come and go Mm -hmm. and i remember when like star wars was big there but also there was like you know i think heroes was hot around that time and ba- of mm. course Battlestar Galactica and stuff like that. Mm. So I just kind of I was more familiar with that stuff and I, as I get older I feel like some of the fandom I can't like I don't understand it, you know, so you feel you just feel old. You're like yeah. what are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously this is a popular character. But um just stuff like that and you just miss it. You're just kind of like oh the good old days and and then the fact that like I thank God this year I I got a room at the Marriott so I was able to to you know kind of stay around the the central part of the con so it was mm-hmm. like i always had to go up to my room every it felt like every few minutes like all right i gotta go get a towel <laughs> i'm sweating so bad <laughs> and go upstairs and then you just wipe yourself down and then go back downstairs and then go right back upstairs and it's just like ugh. that's the only thing is i'm just like god i'm, I'm so out of shape and old and <laughs> yeah well of course you know i was dealing with plantar fasciitis fasciitis i can't even imagine how you're dealing with that at, at a con and, uh, dude, it was just like the worst thing ever. I, I would find that it would be better as if I sat for, for 20 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and like at a panel or something and got up and, and walked around, but then it would just start hurting again. And that's tough to deal with, especially, especially walking around the mean streets of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you've never been to Dragon Con, the, the convention takes place. Throughout the well, throughout downtown Atlanta, it takes place at the Marriott, the Hyatt, America's Mart, and is there another place? Well, it's the the main ones are like the hotels. They do the Hilton, the Marriott, and the Hyatt, and then you've okay. got like the Westin and the Sheraton. And those uh, are the hotels, yeah. and then they have the America's Mart where it holds all the the uh, dealer rooms and things yeah. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. So yeah, and it just—I mean—it's getting bigger and bigger. Because I remember when all of that was just contained to the Hilton, the Marriott, and the Hyatt, with the wow. Sheraton kind of being the spillover hotel. Wow! And it's just that, yeah. Now it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
I mean, it, it was absolutely crazy. The amount of people there. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I think it was bigger than last year. Yeah, yeah. Last year was 80,000. I think this year they've projected 85 or higher. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a lot of people. But then again, they're, I, I don't know exactly how they're measuring that. I'm just assuming it's peak attendance. I don't know how they're getting that number, but I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, that's like Saturday is probably the peak. Yeah. And after that, it goes down. I mean, like, it goes drastically from Saturday to Sunday. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, well Friday even, I got there, I got to Atlanta about 830 that morning. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, Ubered in from Butler's house uh, apartment over and got there about 930-ish, I imagine. And uh, we walked right into, I think it was the Marriott's where you get your tickets. Hmm. I think uh, the Sheraton, I, I think. That's usually Sheraton. where you go is the Sheraton. The Sheraton, okay. Yeah. So we went in there, and there were no lines. It was, uh, you know, you walk right in, fill out your little form, go to this line, and, you know, <clears throat> let them type you up in the computer, right. go to the next line, get your badge. It was pretty easy. No lines. Now, Saturday, I saw some pics of some people who got their first thing. Line was out the door. Yeah. You know, trying just to buy tickets. It was crazy. Right. Which, I mean, it used to be that that's still nothing compared to like just a few years ago when it used to wrap around. It would wrap around the Sheridan like twice or something. I mean, it would, get, it would get really, it would, it would get totally insane. Like they would have so many, so many people trying to do it. And they were, you know, still working out the kinks. Cause I remember a few, several years, probably the majority of the time I ever went, I always experienced horrible lines there, but they started to, get better and better. Now it's just a breeze. You just go right on in. Mm-hmm. So even though the lines are long, I bet it still is, you know, pretty, it didn't, I pretty, probably doesn't take too long, you know, compared to what it used to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they've, they've definitely made like huge strides in terms of, of how to manage all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my only disappointment with, with Dragon Con is, you know, there's not really one focus. It's, it's and, and no con should be like this unless you're going to something like Star Wars Celebration. Right. It's, it's a little bit of everything, but the the Star Wars celebrities were few and far between this year. Yeah, this year was very lax. I mean, they usually, I mean, you used to would at least get Peter Mayhew and like Jeremy Bullock and mm-hmm. Matthew Wood, right? Matthew Wood, maybe, yeah. Well, Je- well, Jeremy Bullock's retired from it. No. Right. He's retired. I mean, Peter Mayhew's probably going to start slowing down on that stuff, mm-hmm. too. I mean. You and know, no Daniel Logan. Much, Daniel yeah, no Logan Daniel just Lo- did everything. Yeah, I was going to say no Daniel Logan, no Ray Park. None of that. Yeah. They probably um, just don't. I mean, I think there's another one, too, though. I heard that there's another con that happens that weekend, and it's, fa- it's starting to take. Fan Expo. Yep. Which one? Fan Expo in Canada. Ah, uh, there you go. So that's probably what's taking a lot of the Star Wars Yeah. People. And. and and you know the only two I will call I would call Star Wars celebrities there, and you know Henry Gilroy because he writes for Rebels and Resistance and the Clone Wars, um, was there as well as Timothy Zahn, right? And as far as that goes, I mean that's the only two that I know of, right? I mean, well, there's I mean you could technically say well Jason Isaacs was there, so the Inquisitor was there, so you could have gotten an uh, Inquisitor autograph. Yeah, um, and, you know he had a panel, and the line was wrapped around one of the buildings to get. Yeah, I was going to say I wanted to go to a Jason. Like I was like, oh, I'd love to see a Jason Isaacs 
panel, but yeah, he's so big that I was like, I'm not going to deal with those lines. Cause I've done that before. I've done those lines for, you know, like William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. I've done them for John Barrowman. I've done them for, uh, the, the myth busters for Patrick Stewart. You know, they, they're always huge. They mm-hmm. put them in that atrium ballroom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just can't do that <laughs> anymore. I mean, I maybe one day, but I, I was just like, I don't want, I don't like Jason Isaacs enough for that. So <laughs> yeah, but it would have been cool to get a, get an autograph, like a picture, like a, it would be even better. Like what if you got like cell animation of the inquisitor or something Signed like that? by him? Yeah. Something yeah. Like yeah. That, that would have been cool, which I guess it would be different since it's CG, yeah. but yeah, you know, I did, uh, not star Wars related, but I did, uh, while I was walking through the the Marriott, I believe, just mm-hmm. the, the little atrium area, I walked right by, or Lou Ferrigno walked right by me. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno was staying next to me. He actually, oh, his, really? room, his room, he was staying in the suite next to our room on the 39th oh, floor. Really? Yeah. So I walked by him one morning and he was, he was just like, yeah, I, I just smiled at him and I just waved because I knew, you know, because he can't really hear, I guess. Yeah. So I just wanted to really show that it was just like, I was just trying to greet him, not trying to stop him or anything. Yeah. And he just, he just goes like, say, he said something by like, hey, brother, or something like that while he walked yeah. by. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> he just said, hey to me. Yeah, well, exactly. He, he looked like he was on a mission. I think he was trying to get water or something when, mm-hmm. when I saw him, but he walked by. And I just like looked up at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my, you're huge. You should see his hand. And the thing is, he's not really that big, like that tall, but you should see, like, look at the size of his hands. That dude's huge. No, he's six five. Is he six five? I thought he's he was six, like five. six. Okay. Nah. I looked okay. up I looked it up because when I looked at him, I was like, Oh yeah, I can't hardly see your face. It's in the clouds kind of <laughs> yeah. deal. You know, he- um, so I went and Googled it up and he's six five. I mean he and he's wow. still like ripped. Like, oh my God, you're six. To me, he's just big. Like to me, it, like when I walked by him, it didn't seem like he was tall. It just seemed like he was massive. Like he was just big. Yeah. I I just couldn't believe it. I was walking right by the Hulk. I know, yeah. man. <laughs> but you know, that, that's, that's the, the cool kind of thing things you see at Dragon that, Con to me, too. Yeah, I was gonna say the cool thing about Dragon Con too is it's it's way more party centric. So and just more I don't know, there's just it's just like fan friendly. So so when you go there, and you'll run into celebrities like crazy. It's I, I walk right by Peter Capaldi. Now who's that? You got to explain that. That's the newest doctor that just ended his time. He's a, if you look at him, I just I don't know of all the movies he's been in, but he's a he's a pretty well known British actor. But oh, um, okay. he he just finished on Doctor Who, and he was big time on that. Um, another funny story was you know since we're talking about meeting celebrities, I'm uh, waiting for my elevator at the Marriott. So if you if you remember at the Marriott, the it's like three banks of elevators in a, in a circle, mm-hmm. and each each set goes to a different set of floors. You know, there's yeah. like one through fifteen, sixteen through. 30 or and then 31 through 45 or something like that super confusing yep yeah so i'm on the third bank i'm on on the on the ones 31 to 45 or whatever so i'm waiting there at the edge and i can i'm at the edge where i can see the other bank of elevators right next to me and then i see and those are kind of more like hyper mine were more chill elevators this one a little more hype a little more people so i'm i see a crowd coming and i'm sitting there in mid conversation with our one of our you know, outer rim guys, uh, Ray talking to him and right past him. I see Ming Chen coming from comic book men and he just goes, he just goes to, to have a good time. Like he, he doesn't do panels or anything like that. He's just mm-hmm. a fan. So Ming Chen's walking up and I just immediately just 
talked to him like he was a normal person. I just went, Ming Chen, hey. And he just he just went, hey. And then I kind of turned away from him like, and that's the end of the conversation with you. You know, like that yeah. was all. I just wanted to say hey to him. But he kept, then I like, I noticed he kept looking like he was going to come up to me and talk to me. And then I would like turn my head and look at him. And he'd look at me like, like, do you want to, do you want to, <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally he just got in the elevator and I was like, I was like, man, I should have just sat there and had a conversation with Ming Chen. Ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah so, I, I see what you're, I see what you're trying to do. Ming so, Chen retweets one of my tweets and likes it. And now you got to one up me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was going to talk to him about that. I was like, hmm. yo, uh, Ming. So what's up? <laughs> like, what's up about, what's up with that? So, so he was here this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this is the second year, at least for me, that I've seen him here. And Ray was at the convention this year. Yeah, Ray. Ray came Sunday for half ah, a day. Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he came Sunday, and they got there at about two. Wow. Yeah. And I'm okay. like, yeah, I was like, wow, that's pretty late. So he's probably listening to this right now. So I'm like, Ray, you got to get there early, bruh. You got to so, get there early, bruh. I'm, I'm glad you could come for the closing. That's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool, though, because, I mean, Sunday was way more chill, so you could get in and out and stuff. So we went there, and, and I took them around, and, and we went through the Walk of Fame, and and uh, me and I was I, – I felt like I was geeking out more than he was, but, like, he got me into this show, Smallville. Oh, yeah. And so Tom Welling was there this year, and Tom yeah. Welling doesn't do conventions. He just started doing them now because Michael mm. Rosenbaum's got him into them. Mm-hmm. So, so like, here's Tom Welling here at Dragon Con, and I'm like, Ray, Ray, it's Tom Welling, like he's right here, and I'm like pointing, and I'm sure Tom Welling, if he really, like, if it wasn't that there was like people walking by me, I mean, it's, I'm so close to him that he probably would have heard me, and, like, see me and be like, what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, he's right there, Ray. <laughs> it's Superman. Yeah, it's Superman, and right next to him is Superman. Like Brandon Routh is right next to him. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I thought that was funny. But no, we took him around. But the main thing they were there for was Timothy Zahn. So we we all got in line uh, to go get Timothy Zahn's autograph. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. And getting to see, I even have a picture. I'll just show you his uh, race fiance. Brittany is like she's the biggest Thrawn fan, and so she so in turn she loves Timothy Zahn. Mm-hmm. And uh, um. So yeah, we we get her there, and she gets she gets uh, the autograph and gets a selfie with him and everything. And that girl, I like she geeks out so much over that kind of stuff. I I love it because because it was it was Timothy Zahn, but last year, yeah, when we me and her got Claudia Gray autographs, and we both were like little schoolgirls about it. <laughs> mm. I was like, oh my god, she signed my book, Lost Stars. Ooh. <laughs> like I basically had her sign like every Claudia Gray book I had. Wow. Yeah, and, yeah, and she fine. was she was willing to. Well, I guess she's willing to do that. She's not yeah. at the Walk of Fame, right? Well, I mean, she well she signed the Leia book because Leia had just come out. Remember, we went to that thing, so she signed yeah, we that went one to that one yeah. already. Yeah, and then and then the the next day, I got her to sign Lost Stars and uh, Blood. Was it called Bloodline? Uh, Bloodline. Yeah. So I got her to sign those. So so far, I've got all of her books. So I cannot wait until I can have her sign my Qui Gon and Obi Wan book. Heck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my you know my only problem with with Dragon Con and with most conventions these days are the things like the Walk of Fame and the prices that those people charge to get their wow. Address. Yeah, it's it gotten is worse, man. It's gotten worse. It's ridiculous. I mean, you know, you have a you, 
you go with these preconceived notions of I'm going to meet so-and-so and I'm going to get his autograph or her autograph. And then you go up there, that will be $60, please. He's like, what? I can only get one autograph and not all 10 of the people I wanted to see. Right. <laughs> and then if you're not in line for an autograph, you can't really see them. Except for afar. You know. That's so, insane. That's insane. Like, I, I, um, yeah, I had the same experience this year because I'm like, oh, my God. Like, really, there were because like you said, there was hardly any Star Wars people. I'm like, well, Zahn's going to be there. And I always know how great Timothy Zahn is with his fans. Mm-hmm. Like, he he loves to sign the autographs and stuff for people. And so, I'm like, that's easy. I'll, I'll probably bring the newest Thrawn book with me and get it signed. Um, and then I was like, the Red Ranger's going to be there. Austin St. John, the original uh, Red Power Ranger. So, you know... Young me is like, woo, you know, my most favorite Power Ranger. So I bring stuff for him to sign. And, and I think you were with me. We, we go there and it's like $60. And he's not even in the Walk of Fame. He's in the dealer room in the corner. Yeah, at somebody's booth. Yeah, yeah. It was like him and the Black Ranger together. And it was like $60 for his autograph. Or you paid $60 for an autograph, $60 for a selfie. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's insane. I paid it, <laughs> but yeah. that ended up really being the only thing I bought at the con. I mean, $60, and, man, for the Red Ranger. And like, I guess I just John, paid for, a, I paid for got, a doctor's he, visit. He's got a um, nice autograph, too. He does have a good autograph. He does have a good autograph. I'm sorry, really for, good. I'm sorry for complaining, uh, Austin. It's so yeah. weird calling somebody else Austin. Yeah, so, Austin, complain. I apologize. Hmm? Don't complain. He had a nice autograph in in real. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's a that is a sixty dollar autograph. Look at that. <laughs> no, not really, not really. Do you get to talk to? I mean, I was just some dude came up to me and started talking to me. Yeah, uh, no, I what, chit chat with him for a little bit. I don't try were. to like hog him up, you know. Even though he didn't have anybody waiting on him, <laughs> I was like, I'm usually kind of in in and out. I just try to let him know I'm a huge fan. Yeah, you know, if I got something special to say, I say it, and then I walk away. I'm just like, you know, I don't want to take any more of your time. So yeah, I just pretty much just like, you know, I just, you know, I'm a huge fan. I'm like, you were, <laughs> you were my favorite Power Ranger, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> that was pretty much it. And he was like, that's that's cool, man. I appreciate that. And he was <laughs> signing. And he was, he's like, what's your name? I'm like, oh, it's Austin. And he goes, Austin. He was like, he was, he said something like, you know, you're like your mom, your your mom named you right, or you know, something like that, mm-hmm. or. She knew she knew what what the best names were or something like that you know just some cheesy something yeah. or other. I think the the most most um I don't I don't think I've gotten to tell you this yet but I think probably the heaviest like the 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 coolest thing that happened like in terms of getting an autograph or anything was I didn't get an autograph but I went to this panel and it was called Honor That Bird. Because for one, for some reason, puppetry is starting to blow up at Dragon Con. Yes. So they're starting to get a lot more people. Like they're getting the Jim Henson people there now. Like Brian Henson was there this year. Got to mm-hmm. see a see him in a. It was like a dinosaurs uh, panel. Oh, <laughs> so okay. that was really cool. Um, I could have got his autograph, but I didn't have anything for him to sign, and he would have signed it for free. So you know, could have had a, you know my Dark Crystal or Labyrinth Blu-rays. Didn't get any of that signed. But I happened to see this. Um, this panel it was called honor that bird about big bird. And it mm-hmm. said, Carol Spinney was going to be there. And do you know much about Carol Spinney? I don't know. I know she, did she play big bird? It was he, it's, it's a guy, he, he, but I mean, yeah. yeah, he plays big, he's played big bird ever since. Like he's always been big bird. 
Yeah. And he and he's an amazing man. There's a documentary on him. So you, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's so good. He's just a beautiful person. But now he's not Big Bird anymore. And I didn't know this until I go there and they bring him. Because he's always got his wife with him. So she was going to be the main speaker. So that was one red flag. I was like, they're not. They're, they're making it sound like Carol Spinney's not going to talk. Yeah. So they bring him out. And, dude, he's in a wheelchair. And he's almost, I mean, like he's so frail looking. Mm-hmm. So his health must have declined drastically in the last year. How old is he? And he's dude. He's probably ninety now. I mean, he is he is oh. super old, but he was so he was like so you know like professional for being Big Bird for all these years, and he's always had you know he's been spry. Like he's always been a really good puppeteer, kind of like Frank Oz. Like Frank Oz could still do it. Yeah, and Frank Oz is up there too. You know, he's not ninety though. He's no, he's well, he's probably seventy though. Right, seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's old because I mean Frank Oz was was one, you know, only to Jim Henson. I mean, he's like the right-hand man of, of Jim Henson. Yeah. So, but anyway, so they, they they roll him out, and I just, my heart is breaking. I'm like, wow. I, like, this has gotten a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. It was almost like a, you know, because then what I find out it is, is beforehand you could have emailed them a, um, just a note, something like a, a well wish or mm-hmm. something to Big Bird to, to Big Bird or, or to Carol Spinney or whoever, you know, you're yeah. just basically sending him your love. Mm-hmm. And I, and then you get to basically read that when you got there, they get, they had the emails printed out and they were calling people up to read their messages. Huh. And so you got to stand in front of Carol Spinney and talk about how much you love him and Big Bird and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so then when you, and then when you got there, if you hadn't done anything, if you chose to, I mean, you didn't have to, but you know, I was like, whatever. They had these big, these index cards they were handing out and you got to write a little message and it said, here, if you want to write a message to them, they're going to take these home with them and Carol's going to keep these for himself, you know? And I was like, well, that's sweet. I said, so I filled out a little thing. It was like, you know, I, um, I can't even remember. It was like, Dear Mr. Spinney, you know, thank you so much for bringing us Big Bird. You know, something like that. You know, you, you've you been mine in everybody's childhood and blah, blah, blah. You know, I love you. We love you, Austin. Yeah. And uh, and they they I wrote that and gave it to her. And I thought that she was just going to turn it, you know, give it to them. And it was going to go in a bag somewhere and whatever. Or they'll make a collage. And then they say, okay, and now if what we're going to do is if you want to read your card, and I'm like, oh God. And she said, I'm going to look through them and find the best ones and, and call you. If I call your name, if you choose to acknowledge, <laughs> you can come up and read it. And I, and sure enough, she called my name uh-huh. and I was like, oh no. So I had, I stand, I stood up in front of this auditorium of people and like talked straight directly to Carol Spinney. Uh. And it was, it was just kind of weird, but it was like, it was, it was cool because it, you know, I'm like, I've been in, I've performed in front of, crowds and stuff so yeah. it's i just had to kind of get over it so, but it's just a matter of you know you always are nervous right before it happens and then and so what i and plus it's emotional too so you're trying not to cry because it's it turned into almost like a funeral it was like a eulogy <laughs> wow really yeah i mean think of i mean pretty, pretty much because you're just telling this man who's probably about to die in a in you know 
not too long a time, you know, that yeah. how much you love him and, and how much he's brought joy to the world. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, but everybody that went up there cried. So I'm like, don't you cry, Austin. Don't you cry. So I was like, I go up there and I say what I had to say, but then I, I, I also added, I said, I just want to also say that I went to the, the puppet museum earlier today, which I did. I went, I went to the Atlanta puppetry museum mm-hmm. and they have a Jim Henson exhibit there. And so I visited all of that and there was a, there was a, uh, big bird there mm-hmm. in the, in behind glass. They had, it, it looked beautiful. Probably the best puppet you got there. I mean, big bird is a huge puppet and it yeah. just takes your breath away. Cause you remember that as a child and you love big bird. So I explained that to him there at the thing in front of everybody. And I t- also said that, you know, also I'm, I'm so like, I, I'm, I'm a, thankful that you have such a wonderful partner in life, you know, you know, cause his wife is really, really sweet and everything. And yeah. so it like got a huge applause from the crowd and stuff like that, you know, cause nobody really had complimented her that much. Hmm. So anyway, it was like, you know, I know we're going over way over like I thought, but <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, it was just a really cool Con, so. I, I got, I got to talk. I got to basically tell big bird how much I loved him. Oh, that was and cool. The, and That's, I got to cool. thank him, you know, that is cool. So, yeah. out of all the years that you've been to Dragon Con, what's the biggest regret that you've had? Like, missing out? Like, just something that you missed out on and you wish you would have done it? Mm-hmm. Or um, somebody you would have loved to have meet, met, but, yeah. but just didn't do it? Oh, that's a tough one. I was mad that I didn't get to get to get uh, Carl Urban's autograph. Because I think he he ended up not being able to go that year. Because I just love Carl Urban, not just for I mean he's great in Star Trek. As oh, Bones, here we go. But he's so good in Judge <laughs> Dredd. He's he's great. <laughs> yeah, he's just and I mean he's just good. Like he's yeah. just such a good guy. I wanted to get his autograph and I couldn't get that. Who else? I'm sure there's I'm sure there's plenty of them. I mean I wish I could have. I mean God, probably the White Whale would have been Leonard Nimoy's autograph. Yeah, um, I would have loved to have gotten his autograph. Uh, who else? Who else? Because I got Ray Park's autograph from Dragon Con. I got to meet him twice at Dragon Con, so that was always really cool. That was one thing is Dragon Con. My first year, I got to really, I got to meet like Peter Mayhew, Ray Park, Jeremy Bullock, David Prowse. You know all those guys. Um, I mean, I've even met. Um, oh Lord, Jeremy Lloyd, the one that's in. Uh, I guess he's in the Crazy House now, but Anakin. Oh really? You know, yeah. yeah. Shout out to him. I don't know if, I don't know if you listen. Jake he probably Lloyd. doesn't. But like that guy's really. I mean, he's. I feel bad for him because I'm sure it's just a bit of tough life. I mean, look at all the people that make fun of his character, and mm. that's really all he's well known for is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. You know, he's had it tough, I and mean, I think he's got some psychological. He's got some some issues. You know, I think he's bipolar or yeah. schizophrenic or something. But I hear I, there's rumors that he's doing better. Like he's he's not in jail anymore, but. B, yeah, I got to meet him when he was younger and talked about college and stuff like that. I mean, just stuff like that. I used to, that was one thing I loved about Dragon Con back in the day was that you, it was more personal. It was, you know, and like these lines weren't as crazy. Like you could walk up to a lot of these people and even just talk to them. I mean, I sat there and chit chatted with uh, John Wesley's ship for, I mean, that dude did, wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Flash. I'm like, wow. I'm like, oh my god, it's the Flash. And then my wife at the time was like, oh my god, it's Dawson's dad. And I'm like, who? <laughs> yeah, that's the Flash, woman. Yeah, I was like, the Flash. Come on, he was only on for one season, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Flash, and now the Golden Age Flash. Right, exactly. He's so awesome. Oh, I love, I love that. But yeah. anyways, so so yeah, I would say my my biggest regret would be something like did you know Leonard Nimoy or. I was just trying to think of anybody else because I'll tell you, Dragon Con, it, it 
pulls in some pretty awesome people, but yeah. it's more about the it's more about the fans. It's more about the cosplay because DragonCon brings in some of the most amazing cosplay. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, there was some s- superb costumes on display, and then there were some your mama let you out of the house with that own cosplay as well. You know, mm-hmm. the like th- when the the girl we saw when we, when I was eating pizza. Yeah. I was like, what the crap? Yeah. She barely had clothes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of that too. <laughs> oh man. I think, um, but before we go into the cosplay stuff, my biggest regret is, and I've, this is only my second year going, but my biggest regret was last year, not meeting Stan Lee. Uh, because you know, he's no longer doing conventions anymore. Yeah. That's sad. And that he, and, sad. He, and, and it, I wish I would have ponied up the money. I just, here you go. Well, how much but was it? I can't remember. I, I, I really it, wanted you think, to, you think it was probably like 60 or was it actually cheaper? No, it was, no, it was more expensive than that. It oh, was, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just to, I wanted a picture with him. So I wanted to go do the, the photo shot thing, you know? Um, and I, I want to say it was like a hundred and hundred and twenty, maybe <sighs> something like that. But I, I should I should have I should have just pulled the trigger. Should have did it. I should have did it because now you know I I don't think I'll ever get the opportunity to do that again. And it was like right there, sort of in my backyard. Nice. And and I should I should have done it. That, that's my that's my biggest regret. Just not being able to meet Stanley. Yeah, and that does. I mean, that sucks. That, that really does suck. I mean, because he's a good guy. Yeah, and that's a. I mean, he's the, <laughs> he's the Godfather. He's he's God. I mean, that that man is is royalty. Yeah, I mean, dude, he. You know, I put him up there. I put George Lucas, Stan Lee, and I don't know, Siegel and Schuster for making Superman. You know, right, they're right. they're they're like the my uh, Mount. What is it called? Mount Rushmore. I guess. The, with the four presidents on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling stupid. <laughs> I'm feeling stupid right now. But that's my, um, those are, those are the four major pop culture, you know, creators in, in, in my world. Um, because without Siegel and Schuster, there's no superheroes at all. You know, you don't, you don't make Superman. There's nothing. Without Lucas, you don't have this wonderful, Star Wars universe that we we love and we dig and dive into and 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 play in every day. And without Stan Lee, you don't you don't have the type of superhero that we're accustomed to now. You know the everyday problem kind of person like Spider Man, right? Uh, who is not like Superman and Batman. He's just a a kid who with teenager problems as Peter Parker, but you know, superhero problems as Spider-Man and, and balancing the two. So, you know, it's just, that's my one big regret is not meeting Stanley. I wish I would have done it. I wish I wasn't stupid and, and, uh, you know, trying to save a buck here and there and I should pull the trigger. Right. But at the same time, I feel like these people, I wish they would price them a little bit different. I mean, I just don't understand people like, Stanley, William Shatner, you know, just the the big people when they come to cons and they charge outrageous amounts of money. And I guess it must be more like crowd control, like, oh, well, it'll weed out a lot of people so that we don't have to deal with the crowds because yeah. you know, we can't have all the poor people coming too. But 
It's just so expensive. Like, I mean, you would think these people don't even need money. Like, they would just sign for free. Exactly. You know, since there was not that big of a Star Wars presence at the convention this year, I really, instead of having my Star Wars hat on, I had my DC hat on Mm -hmm. for Mm DCCollectors.com. And I kind of focused my, you know, where I went and who I met based on that. And... (laughs) You know, even like the cast of Black Lightning, they were all there, except for Chris Williams. I don't think he was there. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder why he wasn't there. But, but you know, I think the the two girls were there and the main bad guy and somebody else. I can't remember. Um, But they're, you know, 40 bucks for an autograph. I was like, oh, man, really? 40? 40 bucks. I, I think it should be 20. You know, standard price, 20 bucks for an autograph. And if, you know, if you want it on a, a 8 by 10 charge an extra 10 for a color 8 by 10 you know, 30 bucks max for, for an autograph. And, and, you know, that's just my opinion. I, I don't think they, and I, and I don't know who sets that price. Is it Dragon Con that's, that's setting that price? Is it an agent setting that price? Is it the, the celebrity themselves setting that price? I don't know. It it just seems like the purpose of a convention is to meet these people, you know, to meet your heroes or your or the celebrities you want to meet. And you can't do that. Most people can't do that when you set the bar at that price. Unless it's like, okay, I'm just going to pick one this year and meet them. But I mean, I'm talking from from my bank account and and the way I spend. When I go on Facebook and I look at like just these Funko Pops that people just bring to have signed, people walk away with ten, twelve pops signed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I know you're paying at least forty for each of those. Right. Oh yeah. Are you going in debt? Are you putting that all <laughs> on the credit card? Because that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Now I had a I had a friend she um she was a huge Star Trek nut and mm-hmm. she also would go and get she would do the photo ops of everybody mm-hmm. she could I'm talking about everybody and she would do those big like the group photo ops mm-hmm. and then she'll do you know whatever like singles I mean she did like William Shatner Leonard Nimoy Patrick Stewart like all the people that she could ever find at conventions she goes and gets the photo ops with them and then she takes it to to them and gets them to autograph each one so you're talking about just you know a hundred. Two hundred dollars for a photo. Turn around, buy an autograph for a hundred. Uh-huh. Yeah, she goes to the big stuff. I mean, she just does that stuff, and I'm like, wow. So yeah, it gets pretty pricey. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, back in the day, I'm even, you know, I thought like the twenty dollar ones were great, but like I remember the Star Trek guys were thirty or forty, and yeah. I thought that was like, ooh, okay, um, let me calm down here, you know. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's definitely, I guess it's because probably just the cost of getting them there and rooming them and stuff like that, like it, it's probably gone up. So that's why the numbers have gone up. Well, yeah, I, I even asked Walker while we were there, I was like, how much do you think the people that put this convention on, how much it costs them to rent out all these hotels, America's Mart, and j- just, just the cost of, of putting on the show for a weekend 
It's got to be astronomical. But I bet they also do deals, though, unless they – I mean, this is just my idea, but I wonder if they also do deals with these guys because you see all these vendors that are around, like food and stuff like that. They probably yeah. let them do that to make a buck. So it's probably like they probably cut them a deal, like as long as they can do all this kind of stuff, like so that everybody's getting money, everybody's getting paid. Well, you know, I'm sure that there is a deal. There's some incentive there because people staying at the hotels, you know, you're basically making money for the hotels um, because you're packing the hotels full of Dragon Con goers. Um, and, and the vendors... I've heard, you know, just a, a one table is like a thousand bucks. That's just a number that I, I saw online. So how many vendors did they have? Whoo. They had quite a few and a thousand bucks a pop, which, you know, that that's pretty good change. I mean, I don't think that would be enough to, to rent out all these buildings that they have, you know, but that's just me. But, uh, it's a really good convention. Uh, bef- before we get into, uh, some panel talks about some of the Star Wars stuff that I went to, I don't know. What panels did you go to? I was able to catch the, the, uh, Lord, what's it called? The, I mean, I did the Zahn panel where he talked about Thrawn. Mm-hmm. I went to the, the Rebels, the Rebels panel with, uh, Gilroy. Okay. And I think that was it because the only, I mean, there really wasn't that much there. I mean, the only other one was the Clone Wars 10 year anniversary. Yeah. But, um, I missed it. I, and plus it was just going to be them speculating about the, you know, or talking about the, you know, the Clone Wars and then speculating about the upcoming. And I just thought that it was just going to be a throwaway, you know, like, because you never know what, mm-hmm. it could, what it could be about. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, well, I mean, because you're just speculating at this point. They're not going to spoil anything, they're not going to give you any information. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the most interesting panel that I've, that I went to and probably the most interesting panel that I've been to at any Dragon Con convention was this year's, uh, The Last Jedi debate. And it was hosted by Chris Gore. I don't know if you know him. No. Um, he, he used to be a, uh, like a news person for G4 TV on, uh, on their main show. I can't remember the name of it, but. Um, anyway, he came in to, to moderate this discussion, which they had like four pro the last Jedi people and four anti the last Jedi people at the, at the front table. And he had like nine questions that he asked and, uh, and said, you know, it was, it was a debate style thing. So he asked the question to one group and then the next group got to, got to give their rebuttal on, anything that they said and it was a a very interesting discussion i mean some of the questions that he asked were what makes this film so divisive uh were luke's actions out of character what humor worked and what didn't um are the film's characters strong enough to become iconic like those from the original movies and uh was it a good idea to kill Snoke? Uh, was the film wise to jettison the Chosen One mythology? Which I don't know that necessarily did that. But um, was Luke's death handled well? And should J.J. Abrams take fan backlash into account when making a third film? Uh, and for the most part, you know, there was no winner declared. But 
the the vibe that I got and the feeling from the crowd, it was very much a pro win for for that debate. Nice. Uh, and I tell you what, one of the smartest Star Wars guys that's not employed by Lucasfilm. Well, technically he might be a little bit. I don't know because he does write for StarWars.com. <laughs> so he might be employed by Lucasfilm. I don't know. But Brian Young, he uh, he has a little podcast called Full of Sith. That guy knows his Star Wars. That guy digs deep, finds answers, and will school you on any question you have about Star Wars. And some of the points that he brought up uh, in this debate were just like mind-blowing stuff, like... Uh, there was one I wish I, I really wish that that I could remember the whole conversation, but it was you know what basically it was why does Luke act the way he does in the Last Jedi? It's 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 so not Luke Skywalker. And Brian took that, dissected it, gave facts from from previous films, and made you believe that that is very much in Luke Skywalker's character to do the things that he did in the Last Jedi. And mm-hmm. and you were like, holy cow, he's right. I mean, from the things that uh, that Yoda said about to him in Empire Strikes Back uh, when he left to go to save Han and Leia, um, you know, forever will this control your destiny if if you don't do like you're supposed to. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I wish I could articulate what he said. And and I can't do it because I can't remember exactly everything that he said, but it was just so like, you were one of the smartest guys in the whole world. Right. It's always like, it's like, uh, cause me, I just, it's all in here and I just can't either. I can't remember specific names or I just, you know, just, or, you know, can't get a thought out or just can't find the words or, you know, but you have these people that have like those photographic memories that like, like Ray can do that. Like Ray can just can remember minute details. Like, and I, and I feel like I used to do that when I was younger. I used to have a way better memory, but now it's like, Oh yeah, that thing with that guy that's from that thing in it. He's in that thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, that thing. So it's just, it's tough, but <clears throat> yeah. And I think the only real issue that everybody agreed on was the humor in the movie was, was, was kind of miss was hit or miss. Yeah. And it was basically the humor at the beginning of the film. When yeah, yeah. Poe is talking to uh, uh, General Hux, and and maybe even some of the Luke stuff at the beginning when he throws the lightsaber, um, you know they were kind of iffy on that. Even the pro side of the movie was sort of like, yeah, that maybe wasn't the best choice of you know of comedy at that point, right? Um, yeah, but- I, I wouldn't have. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have had him throw the lightsaber because it, it doesn't make sense. Like unless. You know, I mean, unless it was like a, a a future scene where it's like she does, she says something about the lightsaber and hands it to him or does something and he throws it away. But mm-hmm. it's just like right there, it just seems like you would be way more surprised by why is this stranger holding my old lightsaber that's supposed to have been gone yeah. completely, but she brings it back to me. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like I would think that it would, it would, you know, he would be like, what? Who mm-hmm. are you? You know, and. You know, it would just be like, 
<laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It just I wouldn't have I wouldn't have wrote it that way, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, the the next panel I, we went we we were both there uh, collecting the galaxy or or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. And I actually had to step away from that. How was that? Yeah. It was okay. Uh, it, it it wasn't anything mind blowing. It was just uh, a, a a group of people, you know, on the panel talking about uh, things that they collect, you know, things to look out for when you're collecting Star Wars. It, to me, it was more for uh, newbies who are just getting into collecting Star Wars mm-hmm. and uh, things to watch out for, things that if you're in it for the money, you know, this is what you want to buy or, or, you know, or suggestions like don't look at it as future investment. Look at it as buy, buy what you like, you know? Um, of course, I I guess if I have to say, what are some of the biggest takeaways? Uh, some of the biggest takeaways are that Legos are gold right now. And, um, that, people that purchase Lego sets really need to leave them in the box and not have fun with them because they do increase in value more so than gold at this point. But I mean, you uh, can still, they're still worth they're, They increase in value even out, out of the box, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, especially some of those UCS sets, the, those master collection uh-huh. pieces, uh, or like the millennium Falcon, <laughs> The one, the original one that they released that you probably paid 600 bucks for right right now you look on eBay, man. And if it's still sealed in the box, five, six, 7,000 easily for that set. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, but it was, you know, they had some giveaways at the end. You look back at your seat and see what numbers on your seat. And if they called your number, they had a little goodie bag full of some star Wars toys. And I think about four or five people got that. So it was, it was a decent panel, but more so, like I said, for newbies. And it, it, it wasn't, wasn't really that well attended. Uh, you know, there's probably 20 people in the audience, including me and you, and 19 when you left. Then 20 when you came back. All right, so um, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the panels you went to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, the up. only the only one that had much information was the the Thrawn panel. I mean, the the Rebels was just kind of a reflection on on some of that. I, I will say, like when I watched the Rebels, let me see. I had some. Let me see. I jotted down some stuff. I don't know what all I got here. Let's see. Um, yeah, they were talking about you. You remember the the thing Hot Callus that started? Oh yes. On Rebels, that was real funny. They said that. Um, uh, Henry Gilroy was, was they were turning in animatics for Callus, and I think it was for season four when he, I guess when you first see him in season four, mm-hmm. and they said over the animatics they they put in some music and it was just like some sort of sex some sort of sexy rap music as they put it, like that, that said that said like ah oh, yeah ah oh, yeah or something in it <laughs> you know and and they were like that just got a big laugh uh, when they when they turned that in, so that was funny. Um, Let's see. I think Kazan was on this panel, and he actually came out with this. He came up with this idea because he says it to him, and it was like you could see it kind of caught Henry off off guard. Like, huh, either either he was like, "We're already working on that," or, "Wow, you got a really good point." But Zahn said he'd love to pitch a story where the Sith opened other rifts, like what Ezra found. 
mm-hmm. and then see how a rift would take the characteristics of the Sith, since they're the ones who found that rift. Hmm. Get it? So since you know, because since yeah, since Ezra found that rift, it was more like it took on the the mannerisms and, and stuff of of like him. Yeah. So what if somebody dark got a hold of one of those rifts? And what could they do? And what could they do with that? But that's what the Emperor was trying to do. I, to me, Pretty that's, much, yeah. he was trying to gain control of that. Right. So it's like, it. what if you, what if that happened? What if, you know, one, one something, you know, or something similar, or, or some sort of bad dude gets, you know, finds a rift or something. And then, um, oh, and he was saying that Zahn was, Zahn tried to get Henry to admit that the rift was like the Dagobah cave and that you get only what you take in with you. Hmm. So that's pretty much kind of like how the rift worked. It worked a lot like how Yoda's cave did. Maybe the rift was in the heart of the Death Star and Darth Vader threw the Emperor into it. And the Emperor is just waiting to find a way out. <laughs> right. There you for go. The, for the next, for episode nine. And he finds his way out. And now, then I went to the Thrawn, when I went, or I think the Thrawn went, came first, I think. But anyway, he um, Zahn says he had several proposals in the pipeline. And um, he said that right now they can't really do, like, basically with Thrawn, he's waiting to see what Dave Filoni is going to do. Apparently, yeah. Dave Filoni is, is so busy right now that he really can't focus on the, you know, what happens after Rebels. Mm-hmm. So... So, you know, once he gets to that, he has to decide if he's going to continue using Thrawn or not. If um, if he does, if he does decide to, to keep Thrawn around and do something with him in the next, in the follow-up series like that, then I think Zahn said he could work around that. He could come up with some cool ideas. But but his he's banking on the fact that if Dave doesn't use Thrawn, Zahn's got uh, several ideas for him. Hmm. Like he's definitely got some some follow ups for for Thrawn, so that's really cool. But he basically was explaining that you know they're wait they're all kind of waiting to see because there's certain things they can't touch, and also there's certain things like let's say if Episode Nine they turn in the script and everything and they're already shooting the movie, if there's certain things that Episode Nine touches on, like if it reaches back and touches on something in the prequel era, or you know just like with Episode Seven, you know it talks about you know, the battle of Jakku and all that. So it put basically put a hold in that period. You can't hardly ride around it. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's, sense. that's basically what Zahn's saying is that if, you know, they have to, it's going to be tough to do certain things. Like if, you know, if they're trying to do other Thrawn stories, like he even mentioned, they, they, somebody asked him, you know, what would be your dream story? Like if you could, like, even if you could do a Thrawn novel and you team him up with somebody else, who would you be? And he was like, well, he was like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, it would be interesting to team him up with Obi-Wan Kenobi and, you know, but he would be like, you know, you have to figure out how that, where would that be and how would that story happen and stuff like that. Yeah, so, that would be difficult. Yeah, definitely would be. But he could, he's like, that's the thing, though. That's the power of writing. You can make it happen. You can, <laughs> you can find some way. You can retcon it somewhere. Yeah, but, you could. Um, you could, but sometimes you don't want to force it. Yeah. But um, but no, I thought that was pretty cool and interesting. I mean, he was he was basically saying that you know with with Thrawn, especially around that time period and and all that, and and maybe like post Return of the Jedi, if if nine re- references any of these these time periods like that, then there basically it puts like a marker there, and then you just it's just an automatic like you can't touch this, you know. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. 
At that first, I sense. almost misunderstood him. I thought he said that they had, they there was something from Episode Nine that was going to happen in the that was going to touch in the prequel era or or somewhere around that like Rebels time period or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then, but then he was saying that no, no, that that if if they do stuff like that, that's why. And and if you remember, um, um, Claudia Gray mentioned that you know. Because oh yeah, of the fact yeah, she of did. Jakku, she, she did. couldn't really do anything around that, so it would make it would make Lost Stars sequels difficult right now. But you know, we're we're just a little over a year away from letting all that ride, which is crazy. I can't believe it's here already. I know it. I know it. Um. So does that wrap your up your coverage up pretty, of Dragon? Pretty Con? much. I mean, that in terms of the Star Wars. I mean, I, and then after that, I mean, I took tons of photos of of. Uh, costumes and things like that which you can check out on our instagram feed yep yep it's still going at at rim news yep all righty well um we're hitting about that time so that's probably going to do it for this week of uh the outer rim news podcast and and remember you can always find us at outerrimnews.com the official site of outer rim news you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash outer rim news where we always have loads of discussion i mean the comments are are usually big time especially on topics concerning the last jedi we like to we our fans really like to debate that topic um you find us on twitter at outer rim news and uh like i said instagram all ago where Austin is posting all the cosplay Star Wars pics you can ever want to see at Outer Rim News on Instagram. And also remember that the podcast is not endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. It's strictly for entertainment purposes only. All the names and sounds are all copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders. All right, that's going to wrap it up this week for the Outer Rim News podcast. Uh, any last thoughts, Austin? Um, I guess just everybody head to the bookstores because Solo's out, and uh, it'll be out on digital and Blu-ray and all that by the end of the month. So get ready for that because it looks like it's going to have some cool stuff, some cool exclusives. Yeah, you took my in your travels away. You took it away from me. Sorry, sorry. And that's what I was going to say. Go check out the novelization. It's it's currently out and available, and it uh, has some cool little deleted scene kind of things in the book uh kind of explaining a little more about some of the scenes that that uh you see in the movie so uh that's gonna do it for this week may the force be with you peace yeah we'll have to uh